Hello and thanks for watching or listening to episode number 80 of VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify or iTunes, leave us a review. That would be great. And if you could uh, visit VIP Boxing's YouTube and subscribe, fantastic. If you go on there tonight or this week, there's also there's some great action from a very good VIP show that was at um, Salford Rugby League ground or is it Sal Rugby Union ground now on Saturday night? Really, really good show. Um, you know me, Steve Lillis, with me, my co-host, John Evans, and that wonderful poster behind him that no one ever gets tired of, Hernsvik Duran. You okay, John? I get tired of it, you know. I, I probably watched that fight about once in my life because I love Duran, don't I? Yeah, no. and that, that, it's the worst knockout, but yeah, it's a good poster. <laughs> anyway, well, bell to bell, plenty of great names. Um, but this week, someone everyone recognises in boxing, especially after he was on Channel 5, uh, no exception, the name we got this week is the British middleweight champion, Denzel Bentley, who's been a rush from a football match where he was substituted to come and do this <laughs> pod. We were second best of football. Thanks, Denzel, for joining us this week. No, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah. Um, I think you, you know, I was just, look, just looking early. I didn't know this from the top of my head. You're the first person, first British boxer to win the middleweight title for the second ta- time since Howard Eastman. Did you know that? Oh, for real? That's yeah. that. <laughs> another Battersea fight. About it must 16. be a Battersea thing, yeah. <laughs> Battersea thing. So, um, how's life been since you won the title again? Yeah, it's been good. It's been good um, all around. Um, I'm getting recognised a lot more now, which which is good, but can be a bit, you know, off-putting because I, I don't realise that, you know, that was people watch the fight. But I guess it's a good thing that people appreciate, you know, what I do and stuff. Um. I feel better in myself, of course. And yeah, man, everything's, everything's looking well. Any idea when Frank, or you spoke to Martin about when Frank Martin and Tony Bowers, you, your management team, about when Frank Warren might have you out next? Yeah, hopefully September. Just, I'm just waiting on, on, a, um, on an official date and all that stuff. But um, we're looking at September. Well, Denzel, this time, you, last time you won the title, it was in the bubble. You know, you, your friends weren't there, your family weren't there, anything... And it all happened really quickly, didn't it? You had it and then it was gone. Do you think you'll appreciate it a little bit more this time? Yeah. You know, the way you won it, the way everyone was with you, and now you've got time to enjoy it before you get to defend it. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I said that to Martin as well. I was like, it feels better this time. Because it's just the way, like, you know, um, I lost it, especially like, a lot of things, obviously getting back in position, getting the belt back, getting to win it in front of a crowd and all my, in front of all my family and friends. Getting, getting, getting to win it on a. I was headlined last time, but just live on Channel Five with so many more viewers and in in, in a good back and forth fight. So it's it's just it's it's a lot better this time. Last, like you said, last time was quite quick. It was all like I'm a prospect. Next thing you know, I'm fighting for the British, all because of lockdown. Like I'm saying, but then I went from fighting uh, six, eight rounders to fighting Mick Hall and fighting Mark Heffron twice. It was, everything just happened so quick. So I didn't really get uh, I didn't really get to soak it up and really appreciate it like I am this time. Something else I want to ask you, Dan. I know you're an NBA fan. It, it's second to me behind NFL. You know, you're NFL, NBA, and then baseball <laughs> can, can go. But yeah. baseball, I want your explanation for this. It's the most pathetic thing in sports. When a team's crowned the NBA champions and we get the champagne celebration, yeah. you've got grown men put ski goggles on so we don't get champagne <laughs> in their eyes. Explain that. <laughs> They gotta protect their eyes, innit? I don't know, oh. but yeah. 
they should just they should all just you know take it off and just you know spray the champagne. But I guess they just put it protect their eyes. So, no, it's know. the most pathetic thing in professional sport. <laughs> I'd say I was following. It looks then, good though. I was following your Twitter, Denzel, during the basketball playoffs, and I've got to admit, it's a, it's a sport I've never. I've been to. I've been. I've been to a couple of games when I used to cover fights in America and seen the Knicks play, but it's a fight I never got. I don't know if you've spoken to Barry Jane Jones about it. He's a major baseball fan, but sorry, basketball fan, and he'd get very angry with Buncey and myself in the Box Nation days. It would be three o'clock in the morning, and we'll be. Um, watching a, do- a dull six-rounder on a bill from some casino in, I don't know, in upstate New York. And I was just saying, we'd say to Barry, um, what chance have the Globetrotters got in the, in the, in the NBA this year? <laughs> and uh, he didn't take it well at all. But Barry's, Barry, <laughs> Barry's like you. Barry's very serious over basketball. I've got a basketball story. My dad used to go, well, yeah, not anymore. I- we used to go to Chicago every two years. We worked. And one day, it was when the, the Bulls were big and Jordan was at his biggest. And he got in a lift in the hotel oh, and yeah. there was Pippin, Jordan, Rodman. They were all in, my, all in the lift with him. Wow. And he never asked for an autograph. Wow. He never asked for a wow. Photograph. Yeah. What? Yeah, 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 true. I, 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 I bet he regrets it now. He, yeah, he, he like brushes it off, yeah. Yeah, he just... Uh, he's <laughs> oh, oh my days. I would have been in there like, here, take a picture, please. <laughs> Yeah, no, that must have been that must have been amazing, though. Crazy. Oh, well, well, I tell you what, if you two don't mind, we can talk a bit of boxing for six, three minute yeah, rounds now. I mean, you know, yeah, let, we're, we're not we're not on the hoop to hoop podcast here that John Mike would love. <laughs> I'm not here next week. John might give everyone a basketball podcast next week. He's getting Jazza Dickens, and I'm sure Jazza's a basketball fan anyway. Um, John, have you? Denzel's been on once before, knows how it works. Three minutes, end of three minutes, the bell rings, John shuts us up. So if you're ready, John, I'll start us off this week, yeah, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, so just a little bit of a bit of love for um Sam Eggington. I think he's got his about his 40th fight this week. Przemyslaw, Zisk, a Polish fighter, and another sort of international title fight. And I just think the the, the respect I've got for this guy. He's just a throwback. You think it must have been six, seven years ago he lost to Bradley Ski. He then bounced back, beat in Frankie Gavin, and then he beat, well, washed up Paulie Malignaghi. He's had defeat since that. He's bounced back. And I just hope, I'm not sure how many more great winning nights there are for him. You know, he's had so many hard fights. I just hope now he's with Sky and he seems to have a deal there and he's headlining there again this weekend. He makes some really serious money in the next four fights because he's been he's a brilliant servant for British boxing. It's hard to believe he's not even 30 yet. Yeah, madness. I think he's about 28. And is that what he look what he's done it. Yeah, and look what he's done in his career. I didn't know this is his 40th fight, but I know he's been through, you know, world weight, light, light, middle, and middleweight, one titles at all three weights, and he's just, you know, he's 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 lost and come back and just got on with his job and you know, stuck in there. And, Every time he goes out to fight, he puts 100% into it. You've never seen him thinking, oh, he's past it, or he's this, he's that. He loses and he comes back and he puts on a great performance in the next fight and he just goes for it, he wins. I tell you what, a lot of those 40 fights have been absolute wars as yeah. well, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, wars. God, wars. I, I thought Sky treated him harshly because he car- he didn't carry Sky for a while, but you had the top-tier guys on pay-per-view and Eggington was one of the guys who used to headline Saturday nights, wasn't he? And then he just got yeah. discarded. Yeah. But he went on Channel 5 and he's, he's fought not very big names, but hard fights. Yeah. And he's made yeah. them exciting as well. So, yeah, I'm glad he's got 
I'm glad he's got back on Sky and he's getting another showcase and a few quid, like you said, Steve. Yeah, that's what I said, John. I don't, I'm not sure, and it's the great respect to him and John Pegg, who, who we know so well, has managed him well during his career. Uh, I just, I just, you know, hopefully, I don't want to, I don't think there's going to be too many more of these big Sky headline nights for him because, you know, 40 fights, a lot of fighters have, but you can only go to the well so many times and have the wars he's had. It's like you knock at a tree for long enough, it, it topples down eventually. You're going to have 40 fights, Denzel? Uh, uh, if I do, it won't be that quick. I won't be, it won't be before I'm 28. But um, <laughs> yeah, 40 fights are a lot of fights. And I wouldn't want them all to be hard fights like that. I'd, I'd like to make easy work of good fights. You know, just, you know, I'd have to be good enough to do that. But yeah, 40 fights is a lot of fights. Yeah, seriously, just getting a prize fighter towards the end. Denzel will get three in one night, you know, get Martin <laughs> in there for yeah. you at the end. Yeah, I've had 18 now, so I'm nearly halfway. 18, 22 <laughs> more is a lot. You're British champion. It is a lot. It's, you know, it to lot. get to 22 more when you're British champion after 18 is quite a lot. It's quite a lot of fights to have yeah, over, say, five years or something. Yeah, it is. Round two, over to you, John. And uh, it's hard sparring with top-level fighters, I think, is your topic. Yeah, yeah. will be able to answer this. It's not... Obviously, top sparring is good and it brings you on. But I just wonder at what level you stop going for top-level sparring. And this is all because I saw something Tundi said where a few years ago, Beterviev's people asked him yard to spar and he said, no, I'm not going to spar you. We're going to fight you later. Now, a lot said about yard sparring, but I, I like that mindset. We've seen Lyndon Arthur and Dan Aziz have been over sparring Beterviev and they've been on Instagram saying, oh, he's a beast, he's this, he's that. And I just wonder, when you get to that level where you're in the top 10 in the world and you might get a shot, do you start concentrating on yourself and bringing in sparring partners to help you rather than looking for top-level sparring? You know, you're chasing um, WBO middleweight champion, Denzel, aren't you? Yeah. If he offered you sparring, now, would you do it? Or do you think, no, 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 fuck you. I'm looking after myself. I'll be a surprise when I fight you. you know, at what level in your career do you stop looking for these top, top guys to spar? And concentrate on yourself. Yeah, no. If I got offered sparring by Janabek, now I'd I'd turn it down just because I yeah. feel like I'm edging closer to that level. I yeah. think early in your early in your career, when you don't know what um you know what's about at world level and stuff, you would actually go out there and look and gain the experience and try to see how you how you hang against these guys. But I've I've missed the opportunity to go there early in my career, so now it's at a point where I, I'm near there. I'm ranked for the WBO anyway, which is why I was you know mentioning the, the, the likes of Janabek and that. So where I'm ranked, they could look through the list at any moment and pick me as a voluntary. So there's no way I'm going to go there, spar, give away, you know, what I've got a little bit and make them feel like, oh, yeah, let's, let's pick this guy. We sparred him last time I've done him. So I'm looking to fight them guys rather than spar them. But it depends. if You could be top 10 but not but feel like you're not ready for that world level kind of fight. So you might still go around looking for those kind of spars. But if you're ready to push on to world level, then I think you need to knock all that on the head. All that's done, you just, if, you, if you've been there or not, you've either gained experience or you've missed out an opportunity. And you just crack on with it and bring a sparring partner for yourself and a fight for yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm like, I think you're early in your career. It can only be benef ben beneficial. I, I don't see, as you say, uh, Lyndon Arthur. I, I don't see what, at this stage, where he is in his career. Now, it might have done him good to go to America. He's still recovering from pretty much an earth-shattering loss. But it's also, you know, if you're young, what about if you go and spar with these guys and they take liberties? Yeah. with you. I mean, that must happen. I mean, I remember when they used to get paid, but I remember Lennox Lewis used to spar with guys and it wasn't very nice to watch. He'd smashed the life out of them. 
You know, it, yeah. it, it depends, you know. What... Vladimir used, and Vitaly used to do it, didn't he? They used to get the young heavyweights over, beat them up, put manners on them and leave a little mark on the brain yeah. so that they were always intimidated of them going forward. Yeah, I saw Lennox Lewis a few days at Lake Tahoe before he fought Emery Akin one day. I can't think of the guy's name. And Lewis always used to do a spa four or five days before a fight. And this one was in in the media. And I'm a massive fan of Lennox, um, you know, but I really didn't like what he did to this kid this day, four or five days before a fight. Oh, well. Over to you, Denzel, and people who change trainers. Yes, people who change trainers. I think that's an interesting topic because... yeah. People, people feel like changing trainers does them a whole load, of, like a whole favor, or like just brings them a new lease of life. And maybe it could, but I just think changing trainers all the time is difficult because you have to gel with that person. You got to get to know them. They got to get to know you. They got to, they got to get to know what makes you tick. You got to know what what they want without them really saying. You know, like it gets to a point where you've been training with someone so long, they give you a certain look, and you know what they want from you, or you know you're doing something wrong. You, I think I thought like you just got to learn all that again, unless you're just one of those fighters that are just naturally talented and you can just catch them, you know, catch up into anything anyone's saying. But I don't necessarily think this is a right or wrong move, but I think it's not no. necessary all the time. Every people like to move after a loss or feel like their coach can only take them so far, so move to someone else. But listen, there's good coaches and there's not so, so good coaches, but I think everyone has someone for them. Yeah, I, I just think a lot of a lot of fighters, when the first defeat comes, um, at all sorts of levels, guys that aren't going to get to the level they think. The trainers are so easy to blame. So, so mm, easy yeah. to blame. You know, um, it always seems the trainer that, that gets, um, that, 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 that cops the flack. But you know what? In some cases, you look at a move and you think, well, it was the right move. And I tell you what, when Paul Butler and Anthony Crawler went to Joe Gallagher, I thought, well, Maybe Joe won't. I'm not sure if Joe's right for them. But boy, has he proven us wrong. Crawler went on yeah. and absolutely overachieved and become a world champion. Brilliant. And um, Paul Butler is, is a world champion now with Joe, even though he's, he's changed in quite yeah. a bit. And he, you know, he's, he's now de delivering what he, 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 we thought he was going to do six, seven years ago before he lost to Zolani Tete. So, look, I just think that in too often the trainer is to blame in, in too many cases. But as you say, there's no right or wrong because there's results that prove it works. I, I reckon it's a good idea if uh, the fighter gets on with the trainer on a personal level and they can, yeah, like Denzel said, they, sometimes it just takes a look and they get along and they know each other and they move to them for that reason. What I, what I don't like is when they say, oh, he's got to be more defensively aware, so he needs to go to this trainer, or he needs to move his head more, so he's... Yeah, yeah. If you're yeah. a good boxing <laughs> trainer, you should be able to take a fighter and improve everything. You know, you can't just be a boxing trainer if you're a specialist in one area. You're going to fall yeah. down in another. So that's the move I don't like. Yeah. And 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 as well, I think fighters make also make trainers as well because all, all the best trainers yeah, in the world right now, for example, Eddie Reynoso, if he didn't have Canelo, yeah. would he be who he is? Exactly, yeah. Hey, Do you know what I mean? Like, like, go on. Ben Davison with Tyson Fury in this country. Yeah, exactly. Virgil exactly. Hunter and Andre Ward. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Round four, um, I'll tell you what I just wanted to talk about, and it's not a, a particular dig out of the Channel 5 show the other night in Arena. And I just want, you know, Denzel about to speak on this as a fighter. I mean, he, he fought on Channel 5 in that, 
that lovely little venue there or what the <coughs> that looks always look it's pretty yeah. compact O2 there indigo. at the O2. Yeah, the indigo, yeah. But I just think at the moment is such a so many promoters with TV deals, BT, Sky, Channel 5, the zone, big money, lucrative TV deals. And I just think there's this obsession promoters and broadcasters have with going to arenas all the time that don't look full. We've seen um, a Probellum show at Liverpool Arena, you know, all singing, dancing production that it wasn't full. The other night, the Channel 5 show wasn't full. Now, these these fights belong in much smaller venues and they would come across so much better. I just think it does more harm than good. I was at a small hall show on Saturday night in Salford that was pretty packed. And there was probably more there than there was at Liverpool Arena on Friday night. I mean, what, what do you feel about that as a, as a fighter, Denzel? As a fighter, I feel like the big arenas attract more people. So, for example, if I told someone I was fighting at the O2 and I told them I was fighting at the York Hall, I'd get a lot more ticket sales Fair enough. the O2, you know what I mean? So I feel like for like us fighters, I feel like, it helps us sell more tickets because more people will be interested just because the venue sounds better. Um, right. uh, regardless of who's headlining or whatever, the people are just excited to go to bigger venues. You will call people that have been there a few times, they'll be excited a few times, but if they're not real proper boxing fans, they'll be like, oh, we're over, you'll call it's a bit too small when you're going to be in the big the big venues and stuff. So I guess from the boxing side, it, it, it does you know benefit us. But if it's an empty arena, at the same time, you don't get that energy, you don't get the vibe when you're fighting yeah. and stuff. So it's, it's, it's hit and miss sometimes. Yeah, the, the one thing I would say, there's nothing worse than an empty leisure centre, is there? You know, if you've been to a fight on a Saturday night <laughs> yeah, at a leisure yeah. centre okay. and it's empty, yeah, it's yeah, horrendous. But also, from, from the fighter's point of view, I, you know, if you're in the away corner and you come out at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night and there's 500 people in a 15,000-seat arena, that must be heartbreaking as well. So, Oh, definitely. If you put good fights on, you'll sell tickets for whatever venue. I, I think it's that. I think it's getting a good car, put fights. good fights on, and the venues will sell themselves. You know, that's, that's what it is. It's definitely the fight. It's not, I think there's yeah, a good shot at Wembley next week. Frank Warren's got some good fights on it. Uh, the Joel Joyce card. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's good. See, is that a point, Dan? Because I suppose what you're saying there, Denzel, your sort of mates who in Battus Hugo, I think if they go to the O2, they can have a night out. They can get something to yeah, eat before or after. Yeah. There's a couple nightclubs, I think, now if they want to go and have an hour having a drink before they go home. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Round three, over to you, John. I know this is a subject Denzel was keen on as well, but uh, Anthony Yard. Yeah, I've seen people saying, uh, you know, Baturbiev's a beast after he, he flattened Joe Smith and what's Yard doing chasing him? He's going to get killed and stuff. I think Yard's dead right for chasing this fight. You know, he's he's got all three belts on the line now. He can get them all in one shot. Yeah, he's up against it. I think he's got the hardest task in world boxing. I don't think there's a tougher task than beating Better Be at light heavyweight. But we've seen Better Be have hurt early. Yard's fast. I think it's a short fight. And I think Yard, if he's going to do it, you know, he's got to land early. He's got to land something and hurt him. And Yard can do that early. So, yeah, I think he's dead right for chasing this fight. Um, it'll be a short, explosive fight. Peturbiev's a massive favourite, but yeah, good for good on yard for chasing it and wanting it. No, I agree with you, John. I think people are kind of stupid saying they don't know why he's chasing it because if he was the mandatory and swerved it, what would everyone be saying? Oh, yeah. oh this guy's just—he's a duck. He doesn't want it. He's—he's he's not on like, He's not a real fighter. All of these things. <laughs> and people complain about his opponents in the past. Now he's picking a real live opponent. He's yeah, got yeah. something to say. So you can't win with them. But yeah, but uh, but uh, but to be as dangerous. 
he is who he is. He just beat Joe Smith in two rounds. But as a fighter, you chase these fights. So I'm saying the worst thing, the worst yeah. thing that can happen is you lose. What? That's not the end. Well, the worst thing that happens is you lose. So I'm saying you get up, you dust yourself off, you come back like he has before. You've done it twice before. He's come back, get yourself in position again. You have to chase the best. How else are you going to be the best? And he can bang too. So it takes one punch. We saw Callum Johnson put him down. Yeah, it takes one punch. Joe Smith was landing. You know, he's, he's a slow starter, better be. Evan, if Yard comes out flying, thinks it's a short fight. I, he, he can have, he can have, make an impression, but where he comes, if Yard tries to be too clever, stay away, box, and and then he's got serious problems. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Makes yeah. it a firefight. Maybe he's got a better chance. Say what? He just got to have the yeah. Good. Sorry, Denzel. Pete want to listen to you more than me. No, I, I, I was going to say he's got to have the, the camp of his life. I think he's got to go in there with the same mindset as he did with uh, Lyndon Arthur. Just go in there seeking the strike. Exactly. You know yeah. what? I'm a massive fan of Yard. He had about 13 amateur fights. He's got so many, so much balls. We saw that in the Kovalev fight. That was just exhaustion yeah. that beat him in the end. It wasn't him getting it. He's so much bollocks. I mean, and then the way they bounced back from the Lyndon Arthur fight, you you, you got to play credit. I mean, people dig out Tundi a lot and all that, but you know what? He ain't done bad by his man in his career. The way he's managed him and matched him, you know, when they've taken risks, you know, the, the you know the Arthur fights and and um, the um, Kovalev fight, there's been big money and there'll be big money in this. And I'll tell you what, this is a fight. If when Frank puts it on in London in October, I hope it's at the O2 Arena and it's packed because it deserves yeah, it. Yeah, it'll sell out 100%. 100%. It, it deserves so it. Yeah, yeah. It's the, I, I, do think it's, I do think it's the hardest fight in the world, but remember Ben McClellan? Yeah. You, you never yeah. know the on the night. Final round over to Denzel. AJ versus you. AJ challenging you, sick again. Yeah, tough fight, man. Tough fight. And this is this was another one that um kind of joins with my first uh, question with changing trainers. It's going to take time to gel with um Robert Garcia, and you know the kind of style he teaches. So I think he, I think he'd need more time with him. But at the end of the day, I think um. And like I said, I'm not in his camp or whatever. Or not, don't, don't know how we feel. I'm, I'm a big AJ fan myself. But I think in this fight, he just needs to go into seeking the straight mode yeah. as well. He can't outbox the boxer. He needs to go in there and use his strengths against Usyk. You saw in the first fight, he was hurting Usyk without putting his shots together. AJ, when he first turned over, was putting shots together like you've never seen before. And now it's like he's kind of slowed down his tempo for one shot at a time. But he, he needs to get back to that for this fight. Just, just go back to stay hungry, stay humble, AJ, and just try and go straight through Usyk. Yeah, I'll tell you what, but this fight, I'm sure we're going to talk about it on the pod most weeks because uh, a lot of people, a lot of our guests, John, have bring this topic up. And someone was speaking to me the other week about it and made a really good point. I'm not sure it was you, John, um, about it going to Saudi Arabia. Um, look, forget all the politics of Saudi Arabia. It's a boxing match. Not just the money they're paying for, um, play, paying for this fight. You know, a lot of money, so they're going to get well rewarded, obviously. But you know what? Taking it to Saudi Arabia perhaps gives AJ something. Yeah, it was the same, a better chance in the sense that if it had been in London, there might have been a groundswell of sympathy with Usyk because you know the war yeah. in Ukraine and people course, might have got behind him. Of course, yeah. People get behind the winner. He, he left the ring of White Hart Lane a bit of an hero, and Josh, Joshua was sort of it wasn't that love for Joshua. You saw people having a go at him. You know, Eddie Earn had a confrontation with a fan. Now, taking it to the Saudi, where there's going to be no atmosphere there as such. AJ's been there before. <laughs> you know what? It might, it might. I'm not saying it wins him the fight, but I think he has more chance in Saudi than he does in London. Because the crowd might well have been with Joshua because of what's going on in the world. 
yeah. Sorry, with, I, with, with Usyk. Usyk, yeah. I don't know how he goes about this, you know. I, Joshua, I, I, I'm like, you know, I, th- I think he's got to put it on him and be the yeah. bigger man and more explosive and powerful. But if he makes it into a firefight, Usyk rocked him a couple of times. Last time, Usyk can take a shot as well. And, and he can. I think he can punch harder than people think. I think Joshua's vulnerable. I think that Ruiz, well, maybe since Dillian White hurt him all that time ago, or Klitschko. In the first round, yeah. I think, I think this he's is got those doubts. Though, yeah. Yeah, but I, I was thinking, does he go about it like um, Avenesian went about it with Kelly, where he knows he's going to take shots early, but if he can make Usyk work and walk him down, he'll get to him. You know, that size, that strength will, will tell in the end. But I don't think he's got the chin to do that yeah. or the stamina to do that. I, I think he's got a real, real tough task to turn this around. I just think, you know, what What was the telling part for me in the rivalry? And I think, I think like a lot of people, I think Denzel's right. Seek and destroy, jump on him and hope for the best. You're not going to outbox this guy. In that last fight, yeah. in the eighth round, we saw a little glimpse of uh, AJ pushing pushing him back. I think it was round eight. AJ pushing him back, doing what people he should be doing. But, but in about the ninth round, he went back to his corner. He come back out and just asserted his control. That might have been a big moment in this rivalry between them, between yeah. round eight and nine of the last fight. Yeah, and I think AJ only got hurt when he was standing off going back because he never really got hurt when he was pressing forward at any time, yeah, when he go. was standing off and then Usyk was thrown over. So I think he's got to get closer and tighter and try and take him out like that rather than trying to stand him out and box him. Something Billy, something Billy Graham mentioned, Billy, every now and then on this podcast, but he always talks sense. Um, he said, sometimes people think if you're facing a, a, you know, a big puncher or someone who's good at distance, you want to stay away and stay away from that range. But he said, get as close as you can, take away all the leverages and safe as yeah. close and maybe that's the way. But maybe Joshua's got a mauling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, 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 that's what I think. I think so. I think we are getting close. Well, we, we're well over time on that round, John. Um, John, thank yeah. you very much for this week. Denzel, you can get back to your football now. See if your mates will give you a game. It's, we're recording this <laughs> half seven on Monday. It's about two hours of daylight, mate. So see if you can get back on the football pitch there, mate, in Battersea. Uh, we'll do. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, fellas. Thanks, Denzel. Thanks, John. That's thanks, fantastic. everyone, for listening. For all boxing, info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro across the north, click and subscribe. VIP boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.